You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 25. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Thank you so much for listening. As always, welcome to The Lively Show. In today's episode, we're speaking with Jessica Merchant of HowSweetEats.com. Jessica is a very popular food blogger who actually I became familiar with because of you, the listeners. On Twitter, a few people started asking me to interview her and other people chimed in on the Twitter feed. So I knew this was obviously someone I had to have on the show, and I'm so glad that I did. Jessica is a riot. In this episode, we're talking with Jessica about many different things, including how she transitioned from her day job to her blog full-time, using an income method, and to this day, still using that income method that many bloggers we've had on the show don't do anymore. We also talk about her advice for those who are struggling to balance a day job and their blog or their business on the side. And we have a really fun conversation about chiclet, authors that we're reading and enjoying, and also different television shows that Jessica is loving. So this is a kind of a fun and lighter episode. In addition, we're also going to talk about her pregnancy and how it's going. And we're going to talk about what writing a cookbook has been like for her because her book is coming out in September. Let's go to the show. Thank you for coming on the show, Jessica. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's usually what I say. So thank you for... So, so let's get started. I know a lot of people, especially on Twitter, were asking to have you on the show. So let's get started. Let's talk about your career background. Yeah, totally. I feel like it was all an accident, but a very happy one. I was stuck in a job that I really, really hated. And I've always been very entrepreneurial. I knew from like a very early age that I did not want to be stuck behind a desk. And I I ended up stuck behind a desk when I was like 25 and I really hated it and it was my worst nightmare. What were you doing? Um, I was actually working for a real estate investor, but it didn't feel very legit. It wasn't a scam, but you know, it felt scammy. It felt like the thing, like they were trying to teach people how to invest in real estate, but at the time, I mean, the market was like crumbling and they were asking people who didn't have money for money. And it was just a very uncomfortable situation for me. And I just, you know, I didn't want to be behind a desk. I wasn't passionate about what I was doing. I was also, though, at a point where, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. For a very long time, I'd wanted to be a personal trainer. And I was. I was one, like, all through college and out of college. And I liked that. But, you know, I also loved food. So it was kind of a double-edged sword. (laughs) Um, I definitely was not the trainer that was like, eat only these egg whites and hot sauce. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, let's go out and get pizza after we work out. (laughs) So I probably wasn't the best influence. But I wanted more professional and, like, personal growth that that job could give me. I was shocked when I realized that I was falling out of love with that. And I was like really scared because I mean, from the time I was like 15, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is absolutely, you know, the only thing I wanted to do. Like, you know, be in a gym, like work with others. Um, You know, I taught a bunch of fitness classes. Like I just loved the fitness and health lifestyle. And so when I started to fall like out of love with that, I was like really scared. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I ended up at this desk job and I stumbled across a few blogs and 
I don't even remember which ones I did, but they were not food related. And I thought that I'm just going to start a blog. Like I'm just going to start writing stuff because I've always loved to write. And I did that and I tried to start a lifestyle blog, but I sat behind this desk and I was pretty miserable sitting behind this desk. And like I was newly married, but my husband worked until, you know, maybe seven or eight at night. And we just didn't have like, I didn't feel like we had a super exciting life (laughs) that I could blog about. I mean, we had a fun life, but it wasn't like, oh, this is my fantasy life that I can put on the blog. So I just started blogging about things I would make for dinner or things like banana bread that I would make or things I'd make on the weekend for football games. And it kind of went from there. And I found that easy to do. And I could talk about other things while talking about food. And food is such a nostalgic thing for me. So I could relate a lot of, you know, I guess, relatable issues to it. And yeah, it just kind of went from there. It was really kind of crazy. 2009 is when you started the blog? Yeah, that was in 2009. And I want to say within like three or four months, I learned that, oh, wow, people are doing this like for a career. Like people are making money at this and they're actually doing this. And by that point, I loved doing it. I was already spending all my extra time doing it. I wasn't monetizing my blog because I had no idea like that that was even a possibility. So I really researched it and figured out, you know, what it would take for me to do that and was just super consistent I posted every single day and um, I was able to leave my job, I believe almost a year later, I think in like September of 2010, I was able to leave my full-time job because the blog was bringing in enough income and I was able to, you know, pursue that. I did pick up a retail job on the side just because I was really freaked out at first. I'm like, is this stable? This whole blogging thing, like what if the internet explodes? But, you know, after a few months, like, I mean, I just would spend hours. I mean, I'd spend every mi- every free minute I had working on my blog and content and projects relating to it. So it just made sense. So I eventually did quit the retail job. I know that there are some listeners, maybe about 50% that are into the blogging and business side of things. So they're probably wondering, how did you monetize to get onto your own? We won't go very far into it. That's not the topic of our conversation, but how did you do it? I truly was just using ad networks at the time. Really, I still do. Early on, I knew that, you know, when I first started blogging, all these bloggers were getting stuff sent to them and were doing sponsored posts. And I was like super jealous. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to do this too. But no one would send me anything because I was such a newbie. And like, I, <laughs> you know, I didn't have an audience. And I decided right then and there that I just wasn't going to do anything sponsored. I didn't want to work with brands. I wanted to have like completely, almost completely authentic content. Now, if something happened where I came across a product or a brand and they contacted me and it was already natural. I'd already been talking about them and they wanted to work together. I would do that. But I mean, to this day, I still really just work with ad networks. I maybe do one or two like brand partnerships a year because I really just like to keep my content, you know, unsponsored, very non-commercialized. I don't even really like to do giveaways. I just like to go on my blog and like write out whatever the heck I'm thinking and (laughs) go from there. That's incredible, especially because we've had a lot of bloggers on the show for those that have been listening for a long time. And a lot of them say that the ad networks aren't really doable anymore. You have to do the sponsored content. Right. I, and, and I do. I know a lot of people feel that way, but honestly, I would rather keep my blog 
more authentic and make a little bit less money. I know that might sound crazy than, you know, feel like I'm selling out because I don't like to do things that everybody else is doing. And I just, I, I hate being told what to do. So, you know, (laughs) if a company's like, we want you to work with this and you have to do it three times this month. And I'm just like, oh no. So I also do a bunch of not a bunch, but at any given time, I usually have like maybe three or four projects for recipe development on the side or photography. So we do do some things on the side related to like the food and photography business that don't have to, you know, go on my blog. That's awesome. Yeah, I really love it. I'm just, I mean, I'm super grateful, but also I created the opportunity, you know, like I was unhappy. Like I was that person that was sitting at a desk and hated my job and felt like I had no way out and I've worked really hard at it. So I am so grateful, but it definitely like didn't come easy. And, you know, I did, I don't feel like it was handed to me. (laughs) Like I definitely had to work at it. So what would you suggest for people that are sitting there in their job right now? What would you tell them? I think you have to figure out what you're passionate about and what you do want to do. And when you figure that out, you know, make a game plan of how can you work towards that? You know, my husband, he's kind of in the same boat because he doesn't really love his job. And, you know, for years I've been like, what are you passionate about? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm passionate about anything. I clearly like only think with my heart. He only thinks with his head. (laughs) So we're a good match. I think, you know, you make that game plan. And I know for me, when I was still in that job for a year, I didn't feel good unless I did something every single day to work towards that goal. So I wanted to do something every single day. Like I formed a plan, you know, like I didn't really want to go work a retail job because I worked in a mall and I saw a lot of people I knew and they were like, hey, you know, didn't you go to college? Why are you working in this candle store? Like, I mean, were you working at Yankee Candle? I was working at Yankee Candle, yes. My mom loves them. The eucalyptus. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It was awesome. Some days I had really bad headaches from the scents, but it was really good. It was cool. But I wanted the opportunity to do my own thing more. You know, you have to work at it and spend the time outside of work and create a game plan for how can you get what you want? How are you going to do this? How are you going to work every single day to get that? It takes a lot of work. I would come home from that job and spend – I sacrificed a lot of time (laughs) – probably not a great thing, but a lot of time with my husband and my family and my friends. So I could work on the blog while I was working a full-time job. I would do, you know, all my recipes on the weekends and shoot them in the natural light. And I missed out on a lot of things that maybe my friends were doing, but I knew that it would like pay off down the line. Actually, I just got an email from a client of mine who is in a similar situation that you were in. So I'd love to pose the question. Something she's struggling with is basically coming from her ego that's kind of like berating her for not working on every spare moment that she has outside of her job. And when she does do that, she kind of feels burnt out, but then her ego berates her for not trying hard enough or to be so lazy. Do you have any advice for someone who's kind of struggling with that? Oh man, I'm probably not a good one to ask because (laughs) I feel like I'm never working hard enough. I feel like I could be working, you know, all day long and I still, (laughs) I always feel that there's work left to do. 
I definitely think, and I've learned over the last few years that like you have to be forgiving with yourself and have to give yourself time and don't feel bad about it. And I think that that's maybe where I'm not like a crazy schedule person, but I think it does help to have yourself somewhat on a schedule where, you know, you're dedicated to making this opportunity for what you want to do you know, you want to make it happen. So you have to spend the time on it that you need to. And if, you know, you miss a day, you can't regret the past. There's nothing you can do. So, you know, you just get on the next day and continue. But I do think my thing in my head when I was working on this as a business was work harder than everybody else. And I mean, that's obviously like totally subjective. I didn't have anybody in my mind that I was thinking of. You know, everybody else is also working hard, but like that's how... I would, it probably sounds crazy, but that's how I would get my work ethic, like keep it going. Like if I want to do this, like I have to work harder than everybody else. And I think that you can really apply that to anyone at any kind of job that they're trying to do yourself. I don't feel that if you want to do something entrepreneurial, be an entrepreneur, the work never stops. You you have to work hard at it constantly. I mean, you probably know what that's like. Absolutely. So here's actually, I have a question. Do you think that your work ethic comes partially from your trainer background? No, I don't think so. I think that I'm not like a crazy into astrology person, but I'm a Scorpio and I'm like super all or nothing. It's just like crazy, like nuts when I really love something. I think it's a combination of that and I think it's a combination of like how my parents raised me and I've always loved to work. I know that it sounds crazy. I've never even like scheduled my blog posts. Like I make sure every day that I'm doing something, you know, to work towards that goal because I just – I don't know. I just like the sense of accomplishment. I really like working. I like working hard. I like working a lot. But the reason that is is because – I think I always love what I'm doing. You know, when I was stuck in that job that I hated, I hated working. I basically just sat at that desk and like twiddled my thumbs and like looked on the internet. I was like, oh. (laughs) So I think that it helps because whether it's good or bad, like I'm an all or nothing person and I'm doing what I love. So it's easy to say that I would work all day because I love it. So what are you working on right now? Um, So right now I have a cookbook coming out on September 2nd. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's finished, obviously. I I even I'm looking at a copy right now, but it's been like over two years in the making. So I mean, it's been a big process. What is it like to work with something for two years to see it come out? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know how to explain it. I like am somebody that really struggles with liking things that I do. I mean, I like what I do, but when I create something, I always struggle with, oh, could it be better? You know, like that, I definitely don't consider myself an artist, but by any, you know, that like thing where you always feel like it could be a little bit better. So I really struggled with this when I was writing the book because I would come up with these recipes and then two months later I'd be like, oh, 25 of these. I don't like them anymore. I need 25 new ones. So like I really struggled with coming up with stuff that I loved. And that was really hard coming up with recipes that I knew people weren't going to see for two years. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like how on earth am I supposed to do this? There's been a lot of lulls where I've had some downtime where either I've done edits or there's two or three months where we're not really discussing the book or nothing's happening with it. And it kind of like, it doesn't leave my mind, but and it's not like I forget about it, 
But then holding it in your hands for the first time, you just can't believe the feeling because you've put so much work into it. You know, like you've poured your heart and soul into it. So it's definitely a a different process for me growing up in like the internet generation where everything's like instantaneous. And now like I've had, you know, had to work for two years, even with blogging, because it's like, I make a recipe, I put it on the blog, it's up, it's done, I move on to the next one. So the book is good, teaches me like patience and grounds me and is a very humbling experience. How is it humbling? I think just because, you know, when you're, I think when you're going and you're prepared to like start this book, whether you're working with an agent or talking, you know, with a publisher, you feel like, oh, this is gonna be great, I have this all laid out, this is how I'm gonna do this. And then you like get involved in the process and it is just, it's such an extensive process, you know, writing all of these recipes, coming up with these recipes. I don't like to write just about the food. So, you know, I kind of wrote my book as if I was writing like 150 blog posts and just the time that it took. And it was just so intense, the process of oh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like my my mind always had like 500 things racing through it. And I always felt, you know, I'd finish my to-do list for that day, but I still didn't feel totally accomplished because I knew I still had so much to get done with the book. And wow, it really like brings you back down to earth and the amount of, like, I feel that I work very hard at other things, like at my blog and at some other projects that I do. But I mean, with the book, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I've ever worked this hard on anything in my life. And then when you're showing it to people or, you know, like when you're going through the editing process and they're like, I don't know about this. And you're like, oh my gosh, what? Like, that's just like, I just poured my heart and soul into that. What do you mean? (laughs) You know, so it's just, but, but you know, you have to trust the people that are in the business and know, you know, what they're doing. So it's just, it's, it's a really cool process, but it's very difficult. You have to love it. I feel like if you want to write a book, you absolutely have to love it. Would you ever self-publish? You know, I never really thought about it. The reason I didn't think about it was because I feel this may sound ridiculous, especially coming from a book reader or in a book lover, but I feel that I self-publish my best new content on my blog every day. So, you know, when it came time to do a book, I really wanted to do a book in 2009, but that... I really lost that desire in the next few years because I just love blogging so much. I had a community on there. I interacted with my readers. I put my favorite recipes on the blog. I was like, this is great. You know, I was making a living from that. And I was just, though, getting so many people asking for a cookbook. And I truly ended up doing that for my readers. I was like, you know, because people are like, I just want something to hold in my hands. And I want I don't care if you take your blog and just put it in a book like I want your book in my kitchen. So I never really considered self publishing because I felt that, you know, I I self published on my blog every day. And that's what I loved. And I was so passionate about it. No, it totally makes sense. I just know you also shared before show started about your dream for writing fiction. So I was curious if you had ever considered self publishing fiction as well. I would probably definitely self-published fiction. I think that since I've done the cookbook, I would probably try to shop it around first. And if that didn't work and I still 
I would, I, you know, I would definitely take the feedback that I would get. I really welcome any kind of constructive criticism. Oh my gosh, my husband hates that word. He says it's not constructive. There's no such thing. But I like it. You know, I don't have a problem. I mean, it can be hard to hear sometimes, but I definitely like welcome feedback and welcome constructive criticism. So I think that if I took that feedback and still, if I wasn't able to get the book published and I just really believed in the story and was so passionate about it, that I probably would self-publish it because fiction has been something that, oh my gosh. I mean, I used to sit on my parents' deck when I was like eight years old and write stories and notebooks the entire summer. So it's just always been something that's been my dream. But it's definitely find it very challenging because it's super self starting. And you have to work on it every day. You know, every single day, you have to sit down and write for hours and hours. And when you know, the minute I decided to do the cookbook, that really took a back seat because at that point I was thinking, oh, I'm I'm just going to do fiction. You know, that's what I want to do. I'm just going to write a fiction or a novel or something. You know, when I decided to do the cookbook two years ago, it really took a back seat because it just required so much time along with my everyday blogging and keeping up with that and keeping up with some of the projects that I did. But now that the cookbook is coming out, I'm kind of back on the fiction bandwagon. So I don't know if I should call it a bandwagon, but I'm back on the, I feel like I'm back on the trail to be able to do that. And really, that's what I'd love my career to be down the line. You kind of remind me of the pioneer woman, right? So she did her cookbooks and her blog, which is in many different facets, including cooking. And then she also has her own narrative. Oh, her story. Yes. Yeah. From black heels to tractor wheels. Yes. <laughs> that that story. Oh, my gosh. I think I found that when I had first started blogging and I was still stuck in that job that I hated. And I think I just sat him because she had like wrote it on her website first, a, a lot of it. I think I like just sat there and read it one day for hours. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, it just kept me intrigued (laughs) for like the entire day. It was like, oh, my goodness. Let's talk about books since you're such a big reader. What books are you reading right now? Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. I finished a book last night. It was called The Girls from Corona Del Mar. I believe it's new this summer. Oh, it was a tough read. It was a story about two girls, you know, they have this friendship, kind of like one of them always felt that the ga- the grass was always greener with her friend, but her friend really ended up having this horrible life. It was very difficult to read. I'm like very open on my blog that I love easy, fun, beachy chiclet. I am not ashamed to say it. I don't read trashy romance novels, but I love Emily Giffen, Ellen Hildebrand. I love Rainbow Rowell. I love... Chris and Hannah, and they write a bunch of, you know, I consider it, like their books come out in the summer. I consider them some beachy reads. So those are the kind of books that I do love to read. I did finish like Rainbow Rawls' most recent book. It was called Landline, and that was really good. I finished that last week, and I loved it. But I've been having like crazy insomnia because I'm pregnant, and apparently I didn't get the tired gene where everybody else is like, oh, the fatigue. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't like shut my eyes. So I've been like staying up like all night, just reading and blowing through books. Is there any nonfiction that you're reading? I have not read any nonfiction in a couple months, but I, I do like to read nonfiction. I don't know what the last one is that I have read. Is that what you like to read? 
I do a mix. I've, I read in the morning during my private victory, which is my little habit. I spend about 15 to 20 minutes reading a book that's a spiritual base. And then also 15 to 20 minutes, it's a book that's more mentally going to help me. Often that's a business book. And then in the evenings going to bed, I read fiction. And I'm really, it's funny. I'm not usually a fiction reader. I'm definitely more a nonfiction. Okay. But I've gotten back into fiction because I'm rereading these fiction cat who books that I read as a high schooler. They're, they're kind of like for, it seems like the audience is like older women that possibly are librarians, but I love them as a high schooler <laughs> and now as a 20 something, almost 30. Oh my gosh. I want to read these. <laughs> they're cat who books. They're, they're mysteries. And I read parts of it to Mr. Lively and he laughs at me <laughs> right now. They're in the potato mountains on a trip. It's Mr. Qu- James Quillerin is with his two <laughs> Siamese cats that help him solve mysteries. <laughs> oh my gosh. I definitely need to read this. <laughs> okay. Well, there's Lillian Jackson Braun is the author and the cat. Okay. Who, if you just Google the cat who, cause all the titles start with the cat who blank and then it fill it in with whatever mystery they're solving. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cause I feel like I'm blowing through books so fast and I'm like, I need like some new stuff to read. Okay. Well, this would be different and it's a bit, definitely a male character and he is female. You know, it's for a female audience, but there is a male protagonist. So, okay. Yeah. You'll have to check it out. But is there any favorite nonfiction books that you, that you've read in the past or maybe just your favorites in general? Yeah. Oh, what are some of my favorite nonfiction books? I love anything by Anne Lamott. Bird by Bird. Um, yeah. Oh, Bird by Bird. I mean, that book, it like sits displayed on my desk <laughs> because I could read that book a million times over and over again. I'm reading that right now, by the way. Oh, do, uh, do you love it? I am. I love how she pulls the most random analogies, but they're so well crafted when she explains things. I feel like as like an aspiring writer, it really appeals to me. But even just in regular life, you know, in real life, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is like so wonderful. I really, really love anything that she writes. Have you read any others that you recommend besides Bird by Bird? Need to pull. I have read two of her other books. One of them was recent, but it's called it was called Stitches. A Handbook on Meaning, Hope, and Repair. It came out in 2013. And it was good? Yeah, I read that too. It was good. I don't know if I'll ever love anything as much as Bird by Bird, but it was very good. I just really like it, yeah. Any other nonfiction besides Anne Lamott? I don't really know if I have read any recently. I can be like, I mean, this (laughs) probably sounds totally random considering I'm like, oh, I love beachy chick lit books. I really love to read like historical nonfiction or like books about like past presidents. I have like a a very odd fascination with American history. (laughs) So (laughs) who's your favorite history hero? Oh, geez. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I love I really love anything written about any president because I just find it so intriguing. You know, I don't know if I would go to say that JFK is my favorite, you know, past president or I love what Ronald Reagan did because truly I'm not reading it for the 
political standpoint, you know, I know that probably sounds horrible, but I just find it so intriguing. I find their life and what, like how diff, not how difficult, but how challenging it must be to like run a country. And I love reading like the first lady stories and, you know, I know it sounds so crazy, but that's like <laughs> some of the nonfiction that I read. Cause I just think I use any kind of book to escape from reality. And I just think, you know, that that's really cool. That's really a different kind of Something that, like, I would obviously never be involved in. (laughs) So it kind of, like, makes you escape and makes you think of something else. I just think it's really cool. That's fantastic. Yeah, my history hero is Benjamin Franklin. Oh, okay. Or I call it, like, history crush. That's what I usually say is history crush. My history crush is Ben Franklin, so our dog is named Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. (laughs) So you don't have any specific history crush? I I don't think so. I don't really – I wouldn't even go to say that just because – I don't feel like I'm consistently familiar with it enough and into it enough. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So here's a question then. How on earth? Okay, so you're working a lot. You're writing your own (laughs) book. You told me you can also talk very eloquently about all of the TV that's on right now. So and you're talking about these books. How do you have time for all this and you're pregnant? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I feel like I have time for nothing right now. Recently, like I've been reading at night. I almost always read when I go to bed. I don't really let myself read during the day because I'm the kind of person that will start reading and won't be able to put a book down. And you know, if I start reading at noon, I'm just gonna like sit on the couch and read until like five o'clock and not get any work done. So um, I usually don't let myself read until I go to bed. And because I have had like such crazy insomnia, I'm like, okay, I'll only read until 11. And then it's like, oh, maybe I'll read until midnight. (laughs) And then I'm just like still so awake and I'll read until one or two in the morning. And it's, it's just crazy. I haven't been able to sleep. My husband and I like are TV junkies, but... That's usually what we will do like once he gets home from work, once we've eaten dinner, we'll usually watch like an hour of TV, not even every night, but maybe like three or four nights a week. Some of our favorite shows are on and that's usually when I like edit photos or if I do something that's kind of like busy work, but I can also like watch and listen to something at the same time. So I usually like multitask and do some work in between um, our favorite TV. So that's how you're getting all of this done. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I wish I was like a TV critic sitting around watching like some great, fabulous shows all day long. But no, I'm not. And what are your favorite TV shows right now? Right now? Well, my favorite TV show for years was True Blood on HBO. I'm a complete like HBO slave. But the seasons have totally gone down the drain like the last three years. So it's currently on right now and we're watching it, but I'm not loving it. Um, summer TV is hard. I feel like there isn't always a ton of TV on in the summer. I really also like anything on Showtime. And they just started um, – they have another series that started last week called Masters of Sex. It's pretty good. And I think that I'm about to start just because so many of my blog readers have told me that I need to watch it is Orphan Black. I think it's like an Amazon. I actually don't know fully what it's about. I think it's kind of sci-fi, which isn't what I normally go for, but um, based on some, like, everybody's been telling me to watch it for months. I believe it's, like, on the Amazon Prime thing, kind of like Netflix. I, I don't know if it's about, like, cloning or a girl finding someone that is her clone. I, I, I don't know. I think it's something like that. It's something sci-fi, but everybody apparently loves it. And we just finished watching, um, like, Orange is the New Black on Netflix. We love that and House of Cards. And 
Yeah, so anything like that. But as for like general like network TV right now, I feel like there isn't much on in the summer that, you know, I go crazy over. Absolutely. Okay, so how has it been being pregnant? Oh my gosh. It has been crazy. I feel like there's an alien in my body. <laughs> really? It feels un- unnatural. <laughs> yeah, it just feels and like I always heard this people say this before and I was always like Ugh whatever. Like that's, that can't be right. But people would say like, you don't feel like it's your body anymore. And I do not feel like I'm in my body. Like I have my body anymore. It is just the craziest thing. I was pretty sick for like three months. I was able to still like keep up with working out and keep up with a lot of my daily routine, even though I felt awful, but it was crazy how even though I didn't really stop anything, like all of a sudden now I'm like so out of breath when I go up the steps. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like I was, you know, walking with one of my friends last night and we're like going up this hill and I'm like huffing and puffing. And, you know, we do this all the time. And I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on. You know, it's the baby, <laughs> it's the baby. And it's just very weird. Um, I haven't had like any crazy cravings yet, but my taste buds, I mean – I like had an aversion to all food. I've just wanted like no food. It's like the first time in my life I haven't wanted to eat. Is that hard as a food blogger? Oh my gosh. I think like I basically didn't scroll through Instagram for like eight weeks because (laughs) I didn't want to see the food that people were posting and like I didn't want to have to unfollow everybody because they were (laughs) posting something. It was hard to come up with stuff because like nothing sounds good to me. The only thing that sounds good to me is like toast. Or fruit or cereal. Is it still feeling gross to you? I am feeling better. Like, I'm not nauseous anymore. I'm feeling better, a little bit better food wise. I'm still not like dying to eat. I'm still not ravenous. I'm still not craving anything crazy. But now I'm feeling like I am more pregnant. There's just, I I don't know. It's not like uncomfortable, but it's just, it's just a different feeling. You know, I just feel like there's there's something inside of me. And I'm like, this is this is crazy. So it's been good. It's it wasn't it was like a, a surprise. So I just have kind of been taking it all in stride. And most of my friends already have kids. So they've been keeping me posted on, <laughs> you know, how what to expect. Right. What to expect. Why am I feeling this way? And but yeah, it's it's been good. Is it going to be crazy when you have your book launch? Yeah, it probably is. Um, I'm still going to be able to travel a little bit. I'll still probably be able to travel through September and like the beginning of October. Initially, like I think I was going to be traveling a lot more, but I'm due in December. So from what I've heard, it's not necessarily a pregnancy thing. It's more of like an airline thing. Like they see a pregnant woman come to get on the plane and they're like, oh, no. You, no, you're not getting on the plane. (laughs) So um, hopefully, like, I'm still going to be able to do, um, you know, some things for the book. But I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. We'll figure it out. Everything's good right now and I feel good and, you know, healthy. So another month and we'll be good. (laughs) Changing gears a little bit. What doubts or resistance have you had to face in your career or life? I would say that probably the biggest one career-wise would be comparing myself to others, especially early on because – and I mean obviously this comes into play with life too. And also, you know, with being pregnant because all of my friends 
have been having babies over the last couple of years and we knew we wanted kids, but all of a sudden, like, I really wanted this career. And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know which one I, you know, maybe I should do this career thing first. But, you know, when it came to comparing myself early on with the, with the blog, your peer circle is so big when you have a blog or when you're, you know, doing something like that. And, you never know the whole story, but you see opportunities that people are getting or you see things that they do. And I feel that it's very common to think like, oh, well, maybe I should do that instead. You know, maybe I should do this. Maybe what I'm doing isn't working. And I feel like there was a lot of like second guessing for me that first and second year. But I was just always like something in my head was like adamant, like, no, just continue to be yourself. Just keep doing what you're doing. You know, don't change, don't conform, don't, you know, just be this person that, you know, you're comfortable with. And I think learning to go with my gut, that has been the biggest thing. That's the self-doubt of comparing myself and feeling that I'm not good enough because other people are, you know, getting certain opportunities or other people are doing things differently. And should I do that instead? Should I try it? And that was one of the biggest lessons. And, you know, writing the cookbook, oh my gosh, there's so much self-doubt because you're thinking, is this recipe going to be good enough? Is it going to be good enough in two years? Like, well, kale's really big now, but are people going to care about kale in two years? Oh my gosh, you know? So there is a lot of self-doubt. And I feel like, you know, you're putting something on a written page that's going to be in a bookstore as opposed to on the internet where you can go into WordPress and like hit delete and it can be gone. So that's definitely been something um, that I struggled with, you know, the comparing early on. And I really came through that and learned a lot. And I'm sure that it was part of like growing in my late twenties too, you know, like learning about myself. And then, but you know, it did come up again with the book, but it was more centered around myself. It was more self-doubt as opposed to, well, you know, the beginning may have been some self-doubt, but it was more in relation to comparing myself to others. And this self-doubt with the book was more almost comparing myself to myself. It was like, you know, oh my gosh, like, is this, or could I be doing better? You know, could I, should I do this or should I do this? You know, what is, you know, what's going to be the best decision? And you just, I feel that, just have to go with your gut because whatever decision I made at that time, like was the right decision and it was the right decision at that right time. So if it changes down the line, you know, you can't do anything about the past. So it's been good lessons to learn though. Absolutely. So what would you tell someone who's just starting out on this journey? I would say that the most important thing is probably to not lose yourself over it. Don't compare yourself to others. Continue to be authentic. Continue to be yourself. It sounds so cheesy and so cliche, but I think that's the important thing because nobody else can be you. And there's a reason that people will come to you and there's a reason that people love you. So it's really important to, again, go with your gut stick to what feels natural and what feels right all while being, you know, authentically you and make sure that it's something you love to do. Especially when it comes to things like blogging or wanting to write a book, I would never suggest starting or beginning that for the money, you know, or the career wise. I feel like you have to love that. You have to know that it's going to take a ton of time and you have to be passionate about it and you have to love, you know, opening up and sharing part of yourself with your readers and 
you can't be afraid to mess up because everybody's going to mess up. So I figure try a bunch of things. And if you're bad at one, then, you know, you move on. Don't be afraid to mess up because everybody's going to struggle with things in their life. That's a really great advice, Jessica. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And thank you for coming on the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And there you have it. Thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on the show. And thank you for listening. If you would like to send Jessica a message, please go over to Twitter and send her a message at HowSweetBlog. And I would love to hear personally who your history crush was, if you had one growing up or if you still have one to this day. If so, leave it in the comment section or send it over to me on Twitter too. Have a great week, guys. 